Thanks so much for listening. Before I get into the episode, I wanted to thank today's podcast sponsor, which is Coda Luna and their baby keepsake castle. I personally just put all of my baby's memorabilia into these little keepsake castle boxes and they are so adorable functional. And if you really love organization, then you're really going to love this keepsake box. So not only is it a keepsake box, but it also includes a baby book and it has space for capturing all of the milestones of your baby's early years. And then the keepsake box itself stores all of the memorabilia that you want to keep. So baby's first socks and pacifier and the little hat that they wore when they came home from the hospital. So this keepsake castle with the baby memory book is more than just an organizational product. It's a gateway to preserving the remarkable journey of new parenthood. So take a moment to visit keepsakecastle.com today and embark on creating a lasting legacy of love and nostalgia. Hello, thank you so much for listening to the Finding Your Village podcast. For those of you listening to the show for the first time, let me introduce myself. My name is Amanda and I live in the suburbs of Atlanta with my husband and two kids who are four and two. I am currently training to become a childbirth education mentor, and my goal of this show is to make the early days of parenting more connected. Please follow the show on Instagram at Finding Your Village to see more about birth, postpartum, and parent mental health. Today, we are discussing the topic of how to find childcare, especially if you are a first time parent. My guest is Shannon Parola, who has spent the past 15 years as a career nanny newborn care specialist, and now a mom of a beautiful one-year-old baby girl. As a mom and child care provider, she has a unique perspective and insight for parents and nannies. Due to COVID, she has opened up a child care coaching service to help parents navigate the various child care options available to them today. I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, Shannon. How are you today? I'm great. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks so much for coming on. I am so excited to be here and talk to you. I'm really excited too. This is a wonderful topic. So today we are talking about how to find childcare, particularly if you are a first-time parent. Yes, this is like my avenue of expertise. I've been a nanny for 15 years. I've been a newborn care specialist. Um, I've done it all here in the Bay Area. Um, But once I became a mom, I realized that there is no chapter in the pregnancy guide or child or, you know, on childcare at all. Yeah. So now it's my mission to say, hey, can you guys think about this? Because Usually most parents don't realize it until they're too deep in the hole. Yeah. I feel like a lot of parents don't think about it until after their child is born, Um, especially with, you know, kind of things, how how things are going on right now in the days of the pandemic too. It's like, it's this totally different norm. So could you give us a little bit of background about how you transitioned from being a nanny into mom life and what you do now? 
So I started being a nanny 15 years ago. Um, my background was actually, I wanted to be a pediatric physical therapist. Um, so that kind of went with what I was working. I was working with kids, um, best of both worlds. I got really, really sick with celiac disease um, and realized I wasn't being able to get my doctorate. I wanted to be a nanny. I really specialized in special needs. I was also told that kids were not in the cards for me personally. So I had made peace with the fact that nannying was going to be my child, child outlet and to get my baby fixed. And um, in 2019, we got blessed with the news that we were expecting my daughter. Mm -hmm. And it was like a full-blown pivot. It was like, okay, well, now I have to figure out, okay, getting the nursery ready and going through what every first-time parent thinks about. And even as a nanny, I really didn't think about childcare either because it's literally the last thing on your mind, like everything else. But once I became a mom, um, I had Marvel in October, pandemic started hitting not too far after that. I was supposed to go back to work. I had a family set up. I was going to go back to work with Marvel, best of both worlds. I was going to be able to do it, but nope, wasn't going to happen with it. So I had to completely pivot. And what happened was I was starting to get emails from a lot of parents, previous clients, referrals like, hey, you were so-and-so's nanny. And they say, you, what do I do? It was kind of figure it out on your own. And once you start figuring out on your own, parents start to get really overwhelmed. I realized I was in a unique position being a nanny and knowing the nanny side of it and the childcare aspect, but now also having the mom side of it and understanding what do I need as a parent that I could give the advice to parents and to nannies like, hey, this is what we need to do. This is how we can work together and make the best out of the situation that we have. And I've continued to do that. And um, my goal really this year, though, that I've seen is that a lot of first time parents and parents who even have multiples are now entering this childcare, you know, arena and going, all right, what do I do? Um, and the best advice that I have, even the pregnant moms right now is start looking out, start doing your research, and at least start talking about what your childcare expectations are, what you think you might need, what is even your budget to go from there? Because if you don't start having the conversation, it's going to be high hormones, high stress, babies yelling, you're trying to have this conversation with your partner. And it's just, it's you're at each other's throat. And it's a lot harder to have that conversation then than it is to have it pre- yeah, that's a really great point. And when it comes to actually doing the research to find childcare, what is your take on that? We had a good discussion about, you know, there being kind of two different avenues that parents can do from a research perspective. So as a parent, you have two real choices. If you want to go the nanny route, then you either are going to do all the work and you're going to put out the ads, you're going to do the interviews, you're going to do all the background checks and all that kind of stuff or you're gonna hire an agency to do all the work for you. Um, and those are your real two options when it comes to nannying. You either wanna do the work or you don't. Um, with daycares, you still have to do the work. There is no uh, agency for, for daycares. It's based on recommendation and what, what facility or program works best for your family and for your schedule. Great, that really makes sense. And so if a parent is looking to, if they're thinking, well, you know, I think I want to give it a go and do the research myself. What would you tell them is your recommendation to for where to start? Well, that's kind of how I started doing what I do is because a lot of 
moms couldn't and parents couldn't afford the agency fees because it is an extra fee on top of that. You are paying for a service for them to find you the perfect person to come into your home. Um, but the first place I tell everybody to look is the usual place. Care.com, Sitter City, those big nanny places. And usually when I first say this, parents start, you know, cringing and going, oh, finding someone online that scares me, that freaks me out. I started my career on those websites. That's how I got my first uh, break in the nanny career. One mom took a chance on me and I grew my career 15, you know, 15 years later. What my best advice is, a lot of these agencies offer a la carte background checks or reference checks for you. So pay the, not the agency fee to find a nanny, but pay their a la carte fee for them to do what they do best. Research, reference check, and basically scope out these people to make sure that they are legit. Because unfortunately, as much as care.com and sittercity.com and all these big websites do promote that they are background checking and everything, unfortunately, there are some who are slipping through and can put anybody's information out there to look clear and clean. Okay, that makes sense. And then what's another option other than just starting with those known websites like care.com? My favorite one, this one applies for nannies and even daycares. Go to your local Facebook boards to your local moms group, especially for your city. Moms talk. They love to talk. This yep. is their favorite thing to do. But here's the thing. They love to recommend. They have great recommendations. They'll tell you whether something was a hit, if something was a total Ugh, just horrible experience, everything from childcare to places to go. So it's really kind of something to have in your back pocket as a mom in general, but they are also the best people to get advice. They'll give you their references of people that they know. Uh, the worst that I always tell parents is you're going to get a no from them. And that means that they're busy, but they also may have somebody else that might be able to help you out. Um, same goes with daycares. Parents are great with daycare recommendations, especially good ones that they love, programs that are being especially COVID cautious and, and doing all the precautions. Some are smaller, some are uh, bigger. It just depends on what you're comfortable with. That is how I found both of our nannies. I found our first nanny, Nailene, through our neighborhood Facebook group, and she was looking for a new job. And then when she retired, same thing. I, and this time I actually put out a, a question on the Facebook group of like, I'm looking for a new nanny. Does anyone have any recommendations? And exactly what you described happened where there were some folks that said, you know, here, check out this person. I called them. They were not available, but they had some good recommendations. And then thankfully we found Ashley, who is wonderful and she lives right in our neighborhood. So she's close. She's nearby. And then um, lastly, we found our preschool the exact same way. I just noticed on the, the actual the moms group in the neighborhood, like you said, that they were they had a thread about preschools. And so when it came time to look at a preschool, especially for my oldest, then I was able to kind of go through that thread and make my initial list from that. So these kind of groups are great, especially right now, because you need the community infants, you need the moms in the back pocket, something as simple as, hey, have you guys seen X product, you will get five or six moms who will be like, I saw it at X store, you just got to go there, or I'll pick it up for you porch pickup Venmo me. That's the kind of mentality that a lot of these groups have. And that's what I love about them. I, as a mom, would always do the reference checks myself because here's the thing. I like talking to other moms and 
kind of picking their brains and asking questions. If they're coming into my home, I want to know what their last uh, positions were and how they ended or just how they were in the house. Do we have the same vibe? Because just like your pediatrician and everything else, you have to vibe with these people. Yes, absolutely. So what would be your interview recommendations as far as setting up interviews with potential nannies? If you go the nanny route, do you have any recommendations or rubrics for that? So for interviews, especially right now, a lot of people are doing the online Zoom, which I totally recommend. Ask your nanny for a portfolio or a resume. Usually a lot of these nannies will now have a, a digital portfolio that they'll send you of reference letters. They'll send you their full-on resume, what they're certified in. Um, usually those are the kind of questions I will ask. What are you certified in? And what would you say are um, the big things to think about if a parent isn't sure if they want to go the nanny route or if they want to go the daycare route. Your biggest thing that I see parents get is sticker shock <laughs> when they see childcare. And that's the God honest truth is the sticker shock of what childcare is out here in the Bay Area. It's pretty much close to rent in a small mortgage uh, to have childcare. And it comes down to budget. What can you realistically afford every single month? A nanny is an employee. They're coming in. That paycheck is paying their rent, food on the table, take care of their kids usually too, um, and their family. So they need to be treated as such. If you can't afford a nanny, then you can't expect to hire a nanny on a daycare budget. It's apples and oranges here. Um, I like to say my nannies are our apples you have lots of different flavors of apples but they're custom to what you need not everybody's gonna like a granny smith nanny but if you're making a pie and you're and that's what you need in a nanny then that's the perfect nanny you need your oranges are going to be your daycares they're all citrusy and good but their variety, whether they're big or small and their protocols and things like that, class size and you know educational standards, those is what makes them different. Um, but you cannot flat out hire a nanny on a daycare budget. And that's what I see a lot of. And I have to remind parents, you need to be realistic with your budget. Parents often get mad at me with, oh, well, the prices are too high. I don't set the prices. Nannies don't set the prices. What it comes down to is experience, certification, education, and frankly, the price of living in your area. So what's the price value in Kentucky or even Georgia where you are to San Francisco is completely different. Absolutely. Um, so once again, you have to take into account your budget. And just know that you have to sustain this. This is not just, oh, the next three months. This is, okay, this might be the next year. Um, and one thing that nannies often get frustrated is parents think they can afford it and they keep up the contract. And then a few months into the contract, it's not feasible for them. And that nanny is now having to find another job. Um, or they turn down a position for that position and they wish they had gone the other route. Yeah, that makes sense. And I love your metaphor of the apples and oranges and the different varieties and flavors. That was fantastic. I love it. <laughs> it's the best way I know how to describe it to parents, because like I said, a lot of come come to me and say, oh, well, I have daycare budget. You can't hire a nanny. I'm sorry. So what else should parents be thinking about when considering their childcare options? So I usually tell parents that if you are expecting 
start having the discussion now and think about not just when you go back to work, think about when you go home. There are moms who have no family support or have no childcare experience whatsoever. So they feel like they are alone and afraid of this new life event. So there are options like doulas who will help from the birthing process to going home and taking care of both mom and baby. Um, some offer, uh, there's newborn care specialists and night nurses like I was, where I would come in at night and help the moms um, not only kind of just get a break, but also get their kids on a great schedule and help them navigate those first few weeks of parenting. If you can afford things like that, you can set up these things pre before the baby comes, have a contract ready so that when the baby comes, you come home, that person is ready to come in and start for you and you are already taking those first steps. Um, but you can even hire those, those kind of people. Like I say, if you decide I didn't need help and you need help, you can find these people. There are people to help. You just have to ask for that help. The most people I get are the moms who have realized, oh my gosh, I go back to work in two weeks and now I need to figure out daycare or need to find figure out how to find a nanny. And unfortunately with pandemic, what used to be, oh, I can, you can find it in two weeks flat has now taken anywhere from, I've seen nannies scooped up in 24 hours to eight weeks to find wow. a perfect fit. So it takes time. There's no such thing as it's too early. Um, there are nannies who will take deposits for times. Well, you know, I'm holding you until we need you kind of thing. Start, just start somewhere, ask for help, start researching. If you start getting overwhelmed, there are people and places to look and reference, but you have to start somewhere. You can't just that, like I said at the beginning, a lot of people don't realize that they need any help in the childcare aspect until they're drowning and go, oh my, I need help now, please help. And my first response is call family, call your friends and say, hey, I need a life preserver. I need a break. And then make a plan to help alleviate that situation, whether it's finding a daycare solution, finding a regular family situation where you can get break and get your work done. A lot of parents are stressed right now trying to balance and juggle everything. And I completely understand that. But I always tell them if mom goes down, the rest of the ship goes down. So you got to take care of you. And that is prioritizing, okay, what do I have to delegate out? It's hard to say, oh, I've got to, I've got to go back to work. But there are, there are some families where it takes dual income to keep a roof over yeah. their head and they need to trust somebody and there it is possible. You can do it. Yeah, absolutely. And you bring up a, a good point. I mean, just in general about starting the research early, but from my own personal experience, I started looking for a nanny before my daughter was born when I was about eight months pregnant even though I knew that I was going to have maternity leave for three months, I still was like, I need to start this process to start figuring it out. Thankfully, I found Naylene right away. And even more thankfully, she was actually her current employer was putting out feelers because she knew that her son was going to be starting school and she wanted to make sure that she had a job. So they were very close. What was cool was when I actually interviewed her, she was still working for that family for a couple months. And so they were kind of wrapping up their era of her childcare at their house and getting her ready to make her next move to her next family. And the timing worked out so well. She finished up, I think it was September because that's when the little boy started school. And I went back to work in November. 
So really there was just like a month in between that she wasn't working and she was totally fine with saying, yeah, sure, I'll wait a month. And then not only that, but to your point about, you know, not waiting until you go back to work to have the nanny come on. I had her come a couple weeks before I started working. I think it was two weeks before I went back because I wanted to show her around and get her used to our house and get Grace used to her and me get used to her and, you know, get to know her. So really the timing worked out perfectly. Of course, you know, that's, you can't create a perfect scenario. But my point is that I love what you said about, you know, start even when you're pregnant, even if you're thinking, well, I'm, you know, I've got maternity leave for 12 weeks. I don't want to keep someone waiting. You can always, you know, give a deposit. You can ask, uh, ask them, you know, how does this work in your schedule? They might want to take a four week vacation for whatever reason or spend it with their family. So you never know. Well, I, you bring up two great points. First off, I used to do my schedule like that. I would origami different families because that's what I loved. I loved being with all my different families. And when one family didn't need me, another family picked me up. I was constantly in this network. And that's how most nannies work. If we don't have a full-time family, we're also still taking date nights. We're still helping. If we're newborn care specialists, usually some of us are working a night shift too. Things like that were so fun for me because I got to see and grow with the families and usually come back. That's great. Anything else on your mind that is important to share with parents that are considering childcare for the first time? Well, you talk about starting early and how you had your nanny starting early. I always tell families, first off, before your nanny walks through the door, always have them sign a contract. That is always terms of what is going on in your house, your expectations, those kind of things. Um, I see a lot of families shoot themselves in the foot figuratively. Same with nannies. A contract, just like any other employment, is what you have to have. It's going to show you not only your pay, your benefits, your days off. It outlines your entire job and what is expected of you, the hours and everything else. But have them run a trial. Have them come in and see if they work with your family. It could be one day, it can be a whole week, um, but run a trial. It just like I say earlier, pediatricians, your lawyer, your doctor, your dentist, you have to vibe for that person. You're paying this person for their services. Nobody wants to pay for a bad service. Um, you want this person to be comfortable coming in your home, taking care of your kid. And I always tell moms, at the end of the day, I want you to be able to go to work focus on your work and come home and be able to hang out with your kids with not another care in the world. Yeah, that's a great point. Do you have any recommendations on where parents could find like a contract template to kind of get a starting point? There's a lot of nannies who, uh, ABC nannies has contracts. There's a lot of different nanny companies that have offer contracts. Just get a standard one that you have and fill it in and then talk to your nanny when you interview them. What are they looking for? Because that contract is always changeable. But really what it comes down to is you and your partner's hard limits and what you want in your nanny. Because ultimately, you're the one who is paying them. Like we say, you are the employer. You are setting up this job. 95% of that contract should be your recommendations and what you want, but also at the same time to respect the nanny. Okay, what what would you like out of this situation to make you comfortable? Um, because you don't want a constant nanny turnover. You don't want to have to be finding a nanny every year. You want to keep your nanny happy and staying with you. 
Well, it's just who's who's keeping your life easier. And I always have to remind parents that at the end of the day, the nanny gets to leave. They're your kids. If she decides not to come back to work, you still have to deal with your kids. Um, so keep the people who one a make you happy and your kids happy and you your entire family successful keep them close well i have absolutely loved this conversation thank you so much for sharing your insight and wisdom with all of us and i really appreciate your time today oh thank you for having i'm so glad i got to talk with you Thank you so much for listening to the show today. If you liked the episode and want to hear more, please subscribe to Finding Your Village wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, I would love it if you would take one minute and give me five stars and leave a review about the show to encourage other parents to start listening. Finally, I would love to hear from you. If you have feedback, questions, or ideas for episodes, please connect with me directly on Instagram. Follow me and DM me at Finding Your Village. You can also always send me an email at Amanda at findingyourvillagepod.com. Lastly, I just launched a monthly newsletter for Finding Your Village, and you can find that in the show notes of this episode, or if you go directly to findingyourvillage.substack.com. Thank you so much and stay safe, healthy, and connected. 